This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. 1 2 wicket Tunga. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield Town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round De Gea. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. Here's Zanka to turn it into the pattern. Yes! Tommins scored! Tommins has scored one of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history. De Plattras forward, De Plattras got the better yes! And Laurent De Plattras scores! Laurent De Plattras scores! Can Town defy defeat at the Deepdale, ladies and gentlemen? Let's find out. Welcome to the warm-up episode 21. Joining me, your host, Brady Frost, is a man who is crossing the podcast divide to make his warm-up debut. It's the Town Social's Cameron Pope. How are you, Cameron? I'm very well, thank you, Brady. Yourself? I'm good, mate. Good. Look at this unity across the podcast. It's lovely, lovely stuff. Um, anyway, joining Cameron and I is a man who's used to a lot of, uh, lot of moaning from Town fans, so that's why we thought we'd get him on here. It's uh, BBC Radio Leeds' uh, Johnny Buchan. How are you, Johnny? I'm very well, thank you. I'm, I'm surprised that you guys are all so friendly. I expected a bit of needle. You know, I expected this to be some gloves out this evening, thinking the two podcasts going head to head. I thought I was going to have to separate you. There's desperate times, Johnny. Or desperate times <laughs> calling for desperate measures. You know, maybe at the start of the season, but I think we're all hopefully trying to pull the club in the right direction now. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> if there's not unity with the club, there needs to be unity with the podcast, mate. That's what it's about. So, unity uh, in the terraces, lads. I like it. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, this is on air. You know, you heard what we said off air. <laughs> True. <laughs> joking, joking. So anyway, chaps, before we get on to the... Um, 
before we get on to the Preston, I have got a bit of news. For those who are wondering where Chris Markham has gone, uh, he has left this podcast to join Bolton Wanderers as their technical performance director. So it means he won't be doing podcasts anymore. He'll be doing some recruitment stuff for Bolton Wanderers. So uh, look at that, lads. Uh, you can go places by being on this podcast. So, Is it? Fantastic. There you go. I mean, it's definitely not to do with the fact that he works in Huddersfield <laughs> Town in England. It's, it's this podcast. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, um, yeah, so we, yeah, all the, all the best for Chris. And um, yeah, I don't think it'll be the last, last we hear of him anyway. Hopefully he'll still be in touch. But um, we will move on to Preston. Uh, just a little bit to set the scene. So they're 14th in the league with 40 points. Uh, they drew last night to QPR. Uh, but they are actually below Huddersfield in the form table, which surprised me. And they have only won once in the last six games and actually have only won four games at home this season. But they do have the fourth best away record in the league. So that's why they're higher than Huddersfield. So um, I, I asked you lads to do your research. So when they played us early in the season, Huddersfield lost 2-1 despite... Uh, Lean one nil. Well, we've seen what happens. Uh, we hope it's for the season. Mm-hmm. But I'll come to you first, Johnny. Um, what did you kind of think of that match? Um, and how do you think Huddersfield have been playing recently? I think when you look back at that game, it was one of the ones, it was one of the first signs, wasn't it, of this frailty that Huddersfield Town have mentally of conceding goals back to back. I think both goals were within about two or three minutes, weren't they, in the second half? And and that from then on has been a bit of a theme, hasn't it? Happened against Birmingham as well, I think, and a couple of others um, where goals were scored pretty quickly and it shows that mental fragility. So it was the first signs that we kind of saw of that. Um, in terms of recently, uh, I saw the luckily enough to see the 4-1 win. Uh, against Swansea so that's my last impression because that's the last full game I saw I obviously know about what happened in the in the derby game which was apparently utterly dreadful couldn't have been put any more polar opposites to to the Swansea game but that Swansea game gave you a taste didn't it of what what is possible from this Huddersfield Town side we know that you've got talented players we know that the football you play is swashbuckling for want of a much better term and a less cliched term but it is fantastic stuff however the frailties that we spoke about from that Preston game all that time ago are coming to the fore. And I, and I think there's there's some big worrying signs. That win over Swansea, I think, made people relax a little bit more. It certainly felt, from our perspective, a little bit more of a gap had been breached, which meant you could relax a little bit more. But it certainly hasn't, you know, really put the wolves away, has it? They're still at the door, somewhat, I would have thought. No, I completely agree with that, mate. Um, luckily, you didn't watch the Derby game because that is... Uh, I, I know a lot of fans use that, but that it was genuinely um, two hours of my life. I'll never get that. That was horrendous. Cameron, what about Cosie, yourself? I saw, sorry, I saw Cosy no. tweeting saying it was the worst performance of the season that he'd seen. I'd second, I'd second that. Yeah, I mean, really? A lot of time midweek and, and, and a little bit of money as well tuning in for that game and really, really wishing um, that I hadn't, to be honest. And it was a shame. Um, it was a shame, but you know, you look you look back to, to when we first faced Preston and I think you're quite right, Johnny. You can see see a lot of the, the problems that were abounding then still coming back to haunt us now uh, you know going back to that time um, in 2020 it was an extremely disappointing result at the time um, on the back of a four game unbeaten run and that, that did prove to be a bit of a turning point you know we only won yeah. one game from our next six after that and that was that fluke down at Millwall where we put three past them and that in a sense is what I feel that the Swansea result might have been um, okay yeah it was great and, and and we all got swept along in it and we all enjoyed it it was great um, but it papered over a lot of cracks too 
And that, that wasn't the Swansea that turned up most weeks that turn up to uh, turn up to the John Smiths on uh, on Saturday. And you know, I think that that's the first time where we've actually played um, strongly against a team with uh, with ten men. Of course, not the way you'd imagine um, a team going out of ten men, but the fact that we had the three goal adva- the three goal advantage at that point effectively um, killed the game off, and, and and there was no real chance for them. Then it was a foregone conclusion. Um, but since then, I mean, okay, that was back down to to, to earth with a bump and a sore backside on Tuesday, wasn't it? Because it was it was a woeful performance and. Um, I still, it's a shame that we look over the course of a few months and we, we still see, we still see the same issues, um, you know, as regards Preston, we started well against them last time. Campbell did so well for the goal. I mean, okay, there, there were questions at the time about um, offside and I'm still not entirely sure, but he did what he does best. He made a nuisance of himself and he, and he found some space between the centre halves. And I point this out because I think we might be, a re, you know, reliant on him again. Um, but after that, they caused us a lot of grief. They hit us with a high press and we went for a 3-5-2 to get away from that, to have some men at the back to, to play around him. Uh, to an extent, it worked in the first half, but then careless errors are what cost us. And that, again, is what's costing us um, at the moment. Okay, you probably could have called Ben Hamer into question for the second goal. Janino Bakuna caught flat-footed um, for the first. And then, and you know, Nabi Saar wasn't his brightest day in the township and then had the red card uh, at the end of it. But then you look forward to, to midweek and it's the same things again. It wasn't Ryan Schofield's best day, was it? Let's be honest. He, he started very well on a township. Um, I think now the lack of experience is starting to show. Um, he, he flapped from the corner that came in in the um, lead up to the first goal. And I feel like he could have done better um, when the ball did go in. And the second, the whole defence was cut apart by one pass. We saw Jaden Brown fall foul of the naivety that's dogged us at times this season as well. Two yellows in 14 minutes. And on the one hand, you know, I don't look to scapegoat him. I actually feel for him because this was a time now for him to press on with Harry Toffolo's injury. Um, and really now it puts more pressure on Aaron Rowe big 90 minutes for him um, at the weekend. I imagine that's who we're going to go with. Mm-hmm. And, and and so really, again, we're looking at the same problems that that, that that we were struggling with back at the time when we lost to Preston the first game. I think the same ones are coming to roll around again for us now. Look at this insight, mate. You, you, you should be hosting this. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, we were, we're a bit rubbish. Look at that. It's lockdown, mate. Nothing better to do than talk about football. <laughs> like, I'm going stir like, crazy. I like it. I'm impressed, mate. I'm impressed. I'm, you know, I'm used to Cozzy. No, I'm only co- I'm joking, Cozzy. Love you, mate. Uh, anyway, we'll come on to come on to Preston because I think you summarised it. Um, great though, Cam. I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna look at key players for Preston. I'm gonna jump in first. Uh, well, the. Depends. Well, anyway, I'll go for this. I, I'm going to go for Scott Sinclair. Um, so sorry if if one of you lads has him, you feel free to jump on after this. But um, I was really amazed that he was their top goal scorer of eight goals this season. Uh, and then we'll hear from one of the Preston fans later on. But um, he's kind of one of them where he doesn't seem to do much for 70 minutes, but then he has a chance and seems to convert it. Uh, and he's played anywhere kind of across the front three. So, um, I mean, to be honest, it's, <laughs> I just look at that and I'm like, God, couldn't, couldn't Huddersfield do with a player like that who, you know, can do nothing but score and then, you know, be quite versatile. So um, he's one to watch out for because, um, again, he's got that experience. Obviously, he's got, I mean, he's 31 now, but, um, you know, I remember in the in the championship when he was with Swansea and, he, you know, I mean, that's gone some years back, but he was absolutely on fire. So um, I've gone for Scott Sinclair. What about you, uh, Johnny? Who have you gone for? Uh, I like Brad Potts, um, and I think I think the battle in the middle of the park is something that town are losing far too often at the moment. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, we all love Jonathan Hogg, and we know he's been given a new deal and all that sort of stuff. But 
I do still think there are some holes in the middle of the park. You know, the amount of times that you see the ball, particularly I was thinking of the Middlesbrough game, you know, the ball getting played through the centre wasn't getting cut out and there were huge gaps between the centre-halves, as Cameron mentioned, with uh, with Town exposing gaps in the centre-halves. I think that Town have been exposed with that as well. It's why I think they looked so much better when they played against Swansea with the three centre-halves in there because I think it just solidified that and blocked that gap up almost. So I think Brad Potts, I saw a lot of him when he played at Barnsley. So he was obviously a few years younger, but I was covering Barnsley at that time. He was massively influential for them. You know, he can win a tackle in the middle of the park, but he's also got quite good vision about him. He's got very, very composed on the ball when the ball comes to him. And I think that that could be a problem for Huddersfield. If he can win that little battle in the midfield, whether that's against Hogg or whether it's against O'Brien or even Bakuna, if Bakuna's a bit more central, whoever, even Vallejo, if Vallejo's played in the centre of the park, whichever way they go, I think that is a, a crucial battle in this game, you know, they're not scoring a lot of goals out press, and particularly at home, one in the last five or six at home now. So they're not scoring a lot. So it's going to be a low scoring game. There's going to be fine margins in it. And and I really do think that middle of the park battle is going to be the one that could define it um, when they meet tomorrow or Saturday, isn't it? Saturday. I, I took the same tack as you actually, Brady. Uh, I went for Scott Sinclair as well. Um, definitely drawn in by his goal scoring figures, which took me by surprise as well. Um, if he plays, he's a threat but you're quite right to, to point out his age. Um, there's a reason he's now playing at Preston uh, and no disrespect to them. We know that he's capable of far better and he's done far better in his career, um, but now he's not as fit as he once was, of course. Uh, what's happened this month is that he's played and been rested, played and been rested on, off and on, off. He played 90 minutes uh, yesterday for us um, so in midweek. Um, and, and, and so possibly Town might escape him um, coming into this weekend. But of course, that's something that Town don't really have ever since Josh Caroma got injured, a, a, an out-and-out goal threat. Um, in some respects, a similar player, though you can really deploy Sinclair as a striker in a way that doesn't quite work as well, perhaps, um, with Caroma. But no, I think that if he does feature, I think that's the one I'll be keeping an eye on um, the most for Preston. Yeah, and I think... I think um... Well, like we say, another lad who um, we'll hear from Preston going later, but um, Anthony Gordon. Um, so he's a young lad on loan from Everton. Another one of these wonder kids from, you know, Merseyside who's meant to go on and take the world by storm. But I, I saw some of the highlights against the, um, in their nil-nil draw against QPR and he, he looked quite, you know, looked quite bright and made an impression. But I, I think, um, I think Johnny's spot on with that midfield battle town. I mean, well, I'm sure we'll come on to it with, <laughs> with the uh, lineups we're going to go for, but um, quite a lot of... Um, Lacking quite a bit in midfield, I think. But um, we'll move on to uh, key players. Um, I'm going to come to you, Cam. Uh, who's your key player for town? Who do you think is going to be crucial in this game? Simple one for me. I'm going to say Peeper. Um, I think we're going to be reliant on the right flank now that Toffolo um, is is out. And I think it's by far our best outlet. 3-5-2, um, I think, is our strongest formation as well. I'm sure we'll come on to that um, in a bit. And so if he's given the room to roam and get in behind, I think that might be our best chance uh, um, for chance creation. Uh, I was encouraged by what I've seen of Lewis O'Brien. In, in, in recent games. I feel like it's more of the Lewis O'Brien we saw of old. Um, but I do think that if this, this is a game for people to shine in, really. If he's afforded that space and he manages to hit them down the flank, then um, I think that's our chance to get in behind. I think that's a great shout. And let's be honest, uh, people, you know, can be a midfielder off the time anyway. It's barely a right back. So I think that's a good shout. Johnny, what about yourself? Who, who do you think is going to be key for town this game? I'm sticking with my middle of the park battle that's going on. Um, and, and I'm looking at Vallejo, if he if he indeed is chosen to start again. I've been really impressed with him lately, actually. Um, I know he's maybe had a few flaws. Again, that Middlesbrough game, he was very flat-footed for one of their goals, wasn't he? Just played literally straight past him. But from the way that he's actually improved since the first couple of appearances I saw him in, where he looked incredibly shaky and you thought, mm, you know, 
have they brought in a bit of a dud here? Um, you know, we didn't know too much about him, let's be perfectly honest, unless you'd, you know, done your YouTube research. But everyone knows on YouTube you can make yourself look pretty decent, can't you? You know, even we could probably make ourselves a decent highlights reel. Um, but I, I think that, again, in the middle of the park, it depends who goes in there, depends how they play it. Um, but I think that Vallejo, if he is in the centre of the park, is going to have a big role to play. Um, you know, playing almost that quarterback role, isn't it, as well? Trying to pick things out ahead of him. And that's what I think is going to be key in this one. That little battle in the centre of the of the midfield is going to be something that's going to be the difference between coming away with something. And again, I'm talking about maybe even just getting a draw out of this game as opposed to going out and getting a win. I think that's going to be a big factor. No, that's, that's interesting with Vallejo. I think he's really come on recently. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's out of contract at the end of the season, John. Do you think he's done enough to, well, both of you likes, do you think he's done enough to earn an extension from the New Deal? I think they will look to give him an extension, give him a new deal. You know, it's a pretty paper thin squad right now, isn't it? You know, you've got to look at the bench and, you know, it's a lot of the youngsters. And we had the conversation after the game at the weekend uh, or before the game at the weekend, you know, are these kids good enough? You know, have they been hyped up? A lot, you know, we saw Aaron Rowe, who was fantastic against Swansea, wasn't he? Um, but you look at the rest of them and go, have, have they been hyped up a bit too much? Your highs and like and the likes of that. Um, you know, Phillips is is a real prospect, a real talent, isn't he? I think we all know that. But you've still got to have some of the players that you can bring straight in and drop in. I think Carlos Cavallo quite likes it. Uh, Carlos Cavallo, uh, Carlos Corbran. That's going back to my Sheffield Wednesday days. I think Carlos Corbran um, quite likes him as well, doesn't he? You know, I think he sees him as the right sort of character. And we know that's a big factor of what, what Carlos Corbran will look to do. It's the right character of player coming into the side as well. Not just the fact he speaks Spanish, which clearly helps, but it's the right sort of character coming into this team. And I, and I think, yeah, I did an interview with him recently. He came across a really nice bloke, which is always a good factor as well. You think, don't you? You know, if he comes across as a nice bloke, then he's probably actually pretty good to have in and around the dressing room, as you'd hope. Not always about what's on the field, I suppose, in some ways. Yeah, I guess you do need those experienced characters, don't you? Really? That's something that I guess is, you know, as, as, as fans and reporters and whatnot, we perhaps um, we, we don't see, you know, um, it's that thing that you need off the field, um, that balance. Um, and so I, I'm a big advocate for um, for the inclusion of Vallejo at the moment. And I think he's, you know, he's, he's done, I think he's done enough to, to earn himself at least an extension. Um, mm. Personally, though, I, I liked seeing him deployed in defence against Swansea. I, I thought yeah. he was quite reliable yeah. there. Um, it means that I'm, and Jonathan Hogg, of course, he was missing in midweek, but it means yeah. that Hogg doesn't have to drop back into defence. I think that Vallejo does does the work far more efficiently, uh, and he gives us that link up as well, um, going through the middle of the park between their defence and midfield. Mm. It took him a while to get to, to 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 get into the swing of things. We saw him in that first game, I think against Plymouth in the FA Cup, wasn't it? And we weren't sure in the first half, but he grew into it, and he's become a better player um, as the months have gone on. And um, you do need that experienced head and town. That is something they've always struggled with this season. Is they don't have those players you can throw in straight off the bench. Uh, yeah. I think you're quite right as well. I don't know if some of the young lads perhaps are ready and that's no shade on them at all I just don't think it was a time to to throw them in and I think maybe certain individuals have um, overestimated um, Town's hand this season and perhaps thrown too much um, youth and inexperience at a time where I think I think safety was was was, um, yeah. was more, of more use, and so you know I look at the players like Scott High, etc., who you know are touted for for great things and um, and for Phillips as well, uh, but they need to be given the time to develop at their own pace and throwing them in, which we're seeing with Schofield now, I believe, uh, isn't perhaps the way to do it. And mm. so that's why the inclusion of players like Bejo I think is so um, important. He was a real find. It took time for that to to show off, maybe to wear the dust off. Um, and and so yeah, for me, um, for me a key component of that midfield or the defence but I think I, I would like to see him use more in an offensive role mm, I, I think as well what you say there is is key when you talk about these young players and Matty Glennon you know the point he was making at the weekend with us was these lads are 20 21 and 22 you know these young lads are 20, they're not kids 
they're not 16 year olds you know and and they're coming in at that age into a relegation battle let's you know be frank about it you know you need to still get some points on the board to make sure it isn't these aren't kids so are they actually of the quality that they've been hyped up to be if it's taken them to the age of 20, 21, 22 to be making a handful, a smattering of, of appearances in a championship club that's at the bottom end of the championship. You know, when they're all thrown in together in, in the cup, let's not forget, they were beaten by a team in the division below them. You know, and that's a big ask to throw them all in together. I get that. But still, if they were that good, then at that age, they would have seen off a side from League One, you could argue. Um, so I, there is a few question marks for me over some of these young players and whether that, you know, the, the B team as such, you know, has, has actually done what it was there and set out to do, which is get the, the players through into that level. There's a couple, absolutely. But you just wonder about the depth of that and how many of those are actually going to have a long term future uh, with Huddersfield Town in the championship or beyond. No, I agree. And I think, um, to be honest, I think I've, we said this on the pod the other day, but I, th- I think the issue with the young players, I'll, I'll come on to my key player because he's, he's a young player. Um, but I think the issue is, I think if all was going all right and the squad was a bit deeper, some of the players who were making the bench wouldn't be here. I think they'd be out on loan at League One and League Two to develop yeah. because we saw that with Edmonds Green. You know, he went to Swindon and now he, you know, quite rightly, I'd say he's probably one of our first starting centre backs, perhaps when you know when he's fit. So, um, so we'll see. But I, I've actually gone for a key player for Kieran Phillips. I think just because Campbell went went off with a bit of an abdominal pain um, and obviously mm. he came on. I've been impressed with Phillips from what I've seen. I don't think he's really had a sniff, but um, I think back to that Middlesbrough game, he should have scored, really. He was a bit unlucky, you know, great save from the keeper for one and then hitting the post. And to be honest, with this game, we have a terrible record at Preston. I think it's like we've not won in 50 years. And I wonder if we're going to get any joy out of this. We do need to maybe shake it up and obviously with that injury to Campbell. But I think Phillips needs a start for me. You know, um, I think... we're kind of looking at it now but Corbran when we had that winning run he didn't make any changes and I think that's really coming back to bite him now with all the injuries um, so I think yeah for me give Phillips a start and uh, see what he can do you know it depends on Campbell I think Sonogo is probably not going to be fit enough to start you know if he does make a part of this match squad we know Carlos likes to um, ease him in might not have the time to do it now with the season coming to an end but uh, yeah yeah. so I've gone for Phillips Did I, I did ask you Cam didn't I because I know we got a bit sidetracked you did pick a key player didn't you Yes, I did. So I went with Peeper. Uh, but I think Phillips is, a, Phillips, again, is an interesting choice as well because, uh, okay, you know, if we want to if we want to look and, and play and play two strikers, do you play Dwayne Holmes off Fraser Campbell or do you go in with him from the start? He's obviously been trusted more than some of the uh, the young lads and they don't they don't have any reservations, the coaching staff, about throwing mm. him in. And so, yeah, maybe it'd be interesting to see him start and, um, and work alongside. I wouldn't advocate playing him on his own, perhaps just yet. Um, I think it's at least as well until he's got that first goal. I think yeah. that, that 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 you know I I don't know what's uh, inside the young man's head, but I imagine that is a, a barrier and a threshold that you want to cross. And so I think he could work well, perhaps played off an experienced man like Campbell, who is good at taking the knocks and drawing defenders out of position. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what Phillips could do. Out of all the young crop at town at the moment, he is the one for yeah. whom I hold the highest hopes. Yeah, and that that move as well at Middlesbrough where he knocks it down the line. And he did the old Gareth Bale running off the pitch, didn't he? As well, you know, and back on that, it just shows he's got it. It shows he's got the pace there as well. And and that game in particular was the one that you know hit the post, and you just think he, he's got that composure there in front of goal. Clearly, I think you're right, Cameron. You need to you need to get that first goal, don't you? But to put him in there on his own you know, in a game against Preston, for me, would be a big ask, a big ask to throw him up there on his own. Well, we'll come on to, to uh, lineups in a bit, mate, because uh, I've got an input, <laughs> not on his own. Um, but before we do that, uh, I think this is a lot of people's favourite section. Uh, this is Return to the Max. So uh, 
Still not got a jingle for it. Uh, I've asked people to sing it when they come on. They refuse. Uh, so I assume you guys aren't going to. But um, who are you bringing back from any, you know, any former town player? Who are you bringing back for this one-off game and why? I will go to you first, Johnny. I'm going to save my uh, end. I'm going to roll the clock back. Um, and I think he's got all the qualities of something that you need right now. And I'm going to go for Jeppo. Uh, I'm going to bring Jeppo back to this side and I'm going to bang him straight in uh, because I think you need fight. I think you need guile. I think you need a bit of nastiness um, at the minute. I think that's what you're missing. And I know all this from his coaching days as well. You know, I was working at a club when he was at the club and he, you know, he's got that about him. He's got a nasty streak about him. And and I think you're totally missing that. You're missing goals for a starter. You're missing someone to put themselves about and you're missing someone to hold other players in that team to account. That's something that a couple of players we've seen little bites of recently. We've seen Richard Keogh do it a little bit and we've seen Jonathan Hogg do it a little bit. And even Lewis O'Brien's even had a, the odd bite here and there in the odd game. But I think you need someone who's really going to not accept anything less. And you know that if at the break you've made a mistake in that first half and you're going off down into the dressing rooms, you know, you're probably going to be up against the wall with Jekyll, aren't you? So that's what I'm doing. I'm rolling back the clock and bringing Rocket Ronnie back to the Mac. Well, I'm, I'm also going to roll the clock back, but I'm going to roll it back even further. In fact, when oh. you started doing that, I was a bit worried that Johnny's going to go for my pick. <laughs> um, but So I am going to wind the clock back um, to 1969, and I am going to bring back a 21-year-old Frank Worthington. That's my oh. pick to bring back to the Mac. And do you know why? Because he scored a brace in town's last win at Deepdale, which was in November 1969. That was 17... <laughs> attempts ago so it's not like you can even say okay we never beat Coventry because we never play Coventry we've played Preston 16 times at Deepdale since that uh, since that game uh, and we've never won so I think if we're going to I think that a 21 year old Frank would do it and also he spent three years at Preston didn't he so he must know him like the back of his hand <laughs> um, a couple of England goals thrown in there for good measure as well and you know according to some sources he could be our seventh striker um, so no for personally for me Frank Worthington would be the one to bring back to the mark <laughs> oh, they're great shouts, lads. I mean, um, Worthington makes me laugh because I remember we did our um, town all-time 11s, you know, based on who you've seen and someone had a go at me for not picking Frank Worthington. It's like, wasn't born, mate, wasn't born. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, great shout. Well, I don't think mine is quite in the same category as those two. Uh, this is probably because I've been doing every one and I'm running out of picking the same players. So I've I've gone for a player I liked um, and the re. I think he embodies this town team in terms of injuries. Uh, but I've gone for James Vaughan. I love James Vaughan when he was at town. Um, again, an injury-prone striker, so he'll fit in well. But um, I was checking his stats, 33 goals in 95 appearances. I liked him. Again, I think he he was... I don't know about you, Cam, because it works in with you, Johnny, but I think he was one of them where you knew if he was fit and firing, like he probably wouldn't be at our level. Like maybe that's my opinion, but I loved I loved Vaughan, um, great striker. So I, I've gone for him. I think I think you're absolutely right with that. It's spot on because I I had him sort of. I mean, my dad's an Everton fan, and so I had before town. I had the James Vaughan um, of old, and so you know if he if he'd had the fitness that that, that he aimed for and that he wanted, yeah, he would have been a Premier League player for many more years than he was. And we knew that we weren't really getting the full James Vaughan package, uh, were we exactly? And so it's 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 similar to Scott Sinclair um, at Preston now, isn't it? And you know we really enjoy watching James Vaughan. Of course, he was an absolute talent, wasn't he? And um, it was like having Beckford at the club. You know, it's the same mm. sort of. Uh, it's the same sort of field and so, mm. and so for me yeah great shout I would I would love a striker like Vaughan back now 
And he's uh, he's had his injury problems, but you like you say, wherever he's been and he's been fit, he's scored goals. I think he got 11 in about 20, 24, 25 appearances for Bradford City when he was there. Had a bit of a fallout, wanted to be closer to home, so ended up going back to going back to Tranmere because he was living over that way. He was making a long schlep along the M62, which if you've ever done it, you never want to do it on a daily basis, do you? Never mind a, a weekly or monthly basis. So, um, yeah, he's someone who's scored goals wherever he goes. So if, if he was in on Saturday up top, I think people might feel a little bit more confident. Well, lads, as well, I checked what how he's getting on at Tranmere. He's got 18 goals this season. No, it's League Two, but um, there you go. your beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> anyway, before before we go on to um, our picks, I <clears throat> I caught up with Josh from uh, the Preston Fan Podcast from the Finney, and uh, he predicted a 3-1 win for them, so uh, feeling confident. So uh, here's what he had to say. I'm recording. Okay, I'm joined online now by uh, Josh from the Preston Podcast from the Finney. Uh, how are you, Josh? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Good. Good to hear. Yeah, sorry, I paused that because I wanted to get it right because I said from too many times. <laughs> um, so we'll chat We'll chat about the game coming up this um, this weekend uh, at, at Deepdale. We Huddersfield have a terrible record at Deepdale. We've not won there for, I think, 50 years. Um, so, so not looking forward to this. But um, what... Uh, how how have Preston been recently? Because from when I had a quick look, you guys weren't in the best form either. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been very inconsistent this season. We've been very up and down. As of late, it's not been great. If I'm being honest, um, I think we've won a couple of times this this year. Um, last one being at Blackburn away. Uh, we managed to pick up a point in midweek, which was a step in the right direction, but. Yeah, it's not been brilliant and there's been a lot of negativity around North End sort of since the turn of the year. Is, is that negativity at Alex Neil then or is it just at the, the kind of club in general? Can you tell us a little bit more? Yes, it's been towards Alex Neil especially, but I think it's more of a frustration towards the club generally. Um, January was poor in terms of selling the best players, but we knew it was going to happen anyway. Um, but we managed to bring in quite a few good signings. I, w- I was quite impressed with the work we did in January. Um, it was a debate whether we were stronger or not, um, which I'm still not sort of set on. But I think we did as best we could. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win, order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, but, yeah, the, the club, the, the direction of the club has been called into question quite a lot recently. Um, and that's led to people questioning Alex Neil and his tactics and stuff. 
So it's not been it's not been a great time at North End at the minute, but hopefully we can build on midweek and sort of finish the season a bit stronger. It's um it's really funny you say that because I think that's exactly the same going on here at Huddersfield, uh, as I'm sure our listeners all know. Um, but that is uh, I don't want to bore you because uh, they hear it hear about it enough. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll, we'll kind of come on to the to the game uh, to game this weekend. Um, but just before we. We do obviously. Last time we played, we played each other. Um, it was at home for us, but you guys came away from with a two-one win. And um, I just wanted—I realise it's a—it's a while back. But what did you? What did you guys think of that that game and and Huddersfield at the time? Yeah, I thought we were quite strong actually that game. Um, I watched the highlights back before and think we should have had more. To be fair, um, Emil Reese, I think it was one of his first performances that stick in my mind. Anyway. Um, and I think he gave you a really tough time. Since then, he's not done too much, to be honest. He's not had, he's not been starting too many games. Um, and when he has, he's, he's sort of struggled to have any sort of effects on the game. But I remember after that Huddersfield game, we was, we were all very excited about him, and we all thought we've got a real strike on our on our hands. And I still think we do. I think there's a lot of potential with him. Um, it's just going to take a few seasons, I think, of working with him. Um, but I thought Huddersfield played well, to be fair, first half especially. Um, I know Ollie, who features on our podcast, um, is a massive fan of your manager. Um, and I thought you could tell straight away sort of the, you know, the play that you guys were doing, the setup with the three at the back. It was clear to see. But I think what's different now is I, I can't see us going three at the back this this weekend compared to we matched you up last time because Alex Neal tends to do majority of the time it's three at the back away and then four two three one at home. Um, there's a few exceptions, but that's tends to be how we work. So it'll be interesting to see if it's any different. But second half, especially when we played you at your place, it was sort of one way traffic. I'd say um, I know Emma Reese at the bar. We went for on goal two or three times when the game sort of opened up towards the end. But yeah, it was it was pretty good from us. Yeah, uh, I re- yeah I remember it was kind of like I think it was two goals in eight minutes or not even that it was like four minutes or something crazy. Um, completely turned it around and then it, it was all you. Um, I was just gonna well I suppose looking ahead to this game, who who are the kind of key key danger men for Preston or you know people we need to watch out for and um, well I'll let you answer that first and then I was gonna talk about the game. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Yeah, our sides changed quite a bit from the last time we played you. Um, obviously, we saw Ben Pearson, Ben Davis. I don't think Ben Davis featured against you last time, but um, Patrick Bowers at the back, he's out for the season. Um, so it will be a very different side. But uh, Anthony Gordon is probably our most dangerous at the minute. Uh, he got man of the match on Wednesday night. Um, he was by far our most creative player um, in every sort of attacking, starting with first or second. So. Um, I think there's a lot more to come from him uh, so I'm hoping to see him get another start um, Scott Sinclair's our top scorer so he's probably one to watch out for but it's a bit of a weird one Scott, he's, we describe him as quite a, a bit of a moments player in hmm. the sense that he can go 70 minutes and do nothing <laughs> you, you won't even realise he's on the pitch and then he gets one chance and he scores which I mean it's clinical which we, we've been lacking massively at the minute but, you know, you kind of want 11 players that are going to affect the game. So it's a bit of a 
hit and miss. But um, I'd say he's still one of our more dangerous players. Um, and we brought in Chad Evans in the January transfer window, which sparked quite the reaction from the fan base. But um, to be fair, he's 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 playing for the shirt. You can tell he really wants it. Um, and on on a footballing level, I've been very impressed with him. He's his pressing is very strong. He's obviously quite a physical striker, which I didn't actually expect, given his size. Um, so I'm hoping to see him grab a couple more goals. But yeah, I'd say they're our three most dangerous at the minute. No, um, I was looking into this first, and Scott's the. I saw that Sinclair was your top scorer, and that really surprised me. But I do remember. Um, I think he should have scored against us last time, and like you say, he didn't do anything, yeah. and then he's like he nearly scores. So. Um, what what I suppose the game itself, what are you expecting from it? Because I think with Huddersfield recently, we saw this against Derby. Obviously, we beat beat Swansea. That kind of came out of nowhere. But um, Derby kind of really put us under the cosh with like set pieces and their physicality. Um, but how how do you how do you expect the game to go on Saturday from a Preston perspective? I'm cautiously confident. I, I say that because home at home we've been pretty terrible this season. Um, and if we'd not been so good away, we could be in serious trouble this season. Um, so our home form's not been great. I know your away form isn't great either. I think I've speaking to a mate who's a Huddersfield fan. He said you've only won two away all season. So that is correct. He's not mate, too yeah. confident either. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'd say I'm pretty confident going into this one. Um, so hopefully we can. We started very quickly at QPR. Um, we got quite a few corners early on. So if we can match that, hopefully we can get an early goal and settle the nerves. Because I think that was our problem against QPR. We didn't get that early goal. Anthony Gordon had a few chances and missed a couple. And from there, it was it was sort of waiting for that goal to come, and it just the game just fizzled out towards the end, really. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got to be honest. Like I say, with the with the record um, of town not winning there, and I know you guys are known for your physicality, and we're just beating up for it, really. And uh, I don't think this is going to be a good game to watch for for Huddersfield, if I'm being honest. But um, uh, what uh, the, the question uh, I always kind of finish off with is, what's your score prediction? I know that's always tough in the championship, but uh, what, how do you think it's going to go? Um, I've I've done the preview from the finish this weekend, and I've I've put three one. Um, whether North End can actually score three goals remains to be seen. But <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful of a win this weekend. So yeah, I'll, I'll stick with three-one. I like it. I like it. It's confident, mate. I mean, obviously, I hope you're so wrong, but uh, <laughs> it's good. To, it's good to see a bit of confidence from a from a fan because yeah, we're we're not feeling so confident after Derby now. But um, no, that's great, mate. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, all the best for the rest of the season after uh, Saturday, of course. Yeah, you too, mate. Thanks very much. Right, OK, so we've heard from Josh. Uh, now we're going to hear from us. So, guys, <clears throat> Carlos Colbran has been sacked uh, and he's been replaced with uh, a management free of Johnny Rook and Cameron Pope and Brady Frost. But uh, <laughs> So you are picking the team. I realised I had to qualify that because you all looked shocked. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'll come to you <laughs> first, Johnny. What's your lineup? Who's in your team? You're in charge, mate. Oh, and, and this is with players who we know are available, is it? Yeah, this is... So I can't go... I'm sticking Danny Ward up there because, you know, let's be honest, Danny Ward's not going to be playing much football, is he? 
Um, well, yeah. well, this is it, mate. I mean, to be honest, whenever we do this, uh, we then get the press conference and it's like, oh, they're out for yeah. four to five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Just go yeah. what you've got the time. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so I'm going with three centre-halves for this one. Um, and I'm going to drop Vallejo back into the centre of defence, I think. So I'm going to drop Vallejo back with Sar and Keo. Schofield's in goal. I'm not changing Schofield. You can't really change Schofield in many ways, can you? You know, you've got to keep going with him. Uh, so I'm dropping Vallejo back. I'm then going to go O'Brien and Bakuna in the middle. Um, you've got Rowe and you've got Peeper, of course, as your, as your wide men. Um, and then you've got to go with Fraser Campbell up top. And then do you either go with someone alongside him so you've weakened your centre of the park? And I did say that the centre of the park is going to be a key battle here, so I'm not sure I would do that. I think I may draft him if he's available as well. Uh, Jonathan Hogg back into the fold to go in the middle of the park with O'Brien and Bakuna to give them to a little bit more flexibility with the Hogg sat in front of your back three of Saar, Keo and Vallejo and then Campbell, if again, is available up front. If not, Ronnie Jepson, he's leading the line. <laughs> If Campbell don't play it from the, you know, I know you'd love to bring Ronnie Jepson back in and they'd probably still do a job at this age. Um, who, who would you go for instead? Would you put Phillips in? Uh, would you put Phillips in? Can you Could you give Holmes a run up there? I don't know whether he'd be big enough to hold it for you. You know, I know that Carlos has said that he can play in three or four positions, hasn't he? He can play left, he can play right, he can play uh, as your as you 10, he can play as your false nine. Can he play as your nine is the question. I think you know you've got to give you've got to give Phillips a go at some point, haven't you? And if Danny Ward's not fit, and if Fraser Campbell's not fit, and if you don't fancy Holmes at nine, then you've got to give him a go. You've got to and and just see what happens with it. You never know; it could be the moment, it could be the turning point, couldn't it? It could be the the day that he really kicks on, and you've suddenly found this gem. You've got to give him a go. So yeah, if if Campbell isn't fit yet, I would I'd be going with Phillips up there. Great shout, Cam. What about yourself? Because I think we're all going to have to go for free at the back, and you alluded to that earlier. Well, I'm certainly, yeah, we're certainly going with three of the backer on, on my count. And, um, but I think the questions start with the, with the number one jersey or the number 31 jersey. I think, looking at it, I think this would be the perfect game to put Ben Hamer back in. Um, and I was worried when we announced that we were letting go of Ben Hamer. And uh, it, it seems fairly obvious why it's happened, because obviously he was brought in when we were in, in the Premier League. And it seems to be a cost-cutting measure. Uh, of course, we don't um, there may be an added factors. He may have wanted a move, but you know he lost his place in the team, not because of form this season. He was playing very well. He just lost his form because of fitness. And Ryan Schofield did well to, to claim the goalkeeper's jersey off him. That perhaps, I don't want to call it beginner's look. I don't think that does him justice, but perhaps... Um, Perhaps it's all come a bit too soon. And I think that maybe now will be the time. Okay, he's had that first team experience. Now will be the time to put an experienced uh, pair of hands in goal. Of course, we can't do that. And so we've got to pick between three unknown quantities. Um, Jason Leutweiler, okay, not played a, lot, a great lot of football um, recently. And so I look, I look at him, I think, mm, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's if that's a risk worth taking. So I stick with Schofield. I put Schofield in um, at the back. Um, back three. I'm going to have Saar and Keo, and I'm also going to have Alex Bayeko that I alluded to earlier, him dropping back. I'd, I'd move Dehaney um, off to the bench. I think that leaves in the middle of the park. Um, I think you've got a question to ask there because I think Aaron Rowe has to go on the left. One, because he impressed against Swansea and two, because there's not really anyone else now that Jaden Brown is suspended. Peeper, of course, goes uh, on that right, that right wing, right wing back sort of position, whether you want to call it 5-3-2 or 3-5-2. Or, or um, I'd have a Brian Bakuna in the centre. And then it depends who's complimenting them. Do you go with Hogg if he's fit? If he's not fit, I think you have to go with High. Um, and so that's who I would probably throw in. Hogg would be 
my first choice. And so upfield, I'm going to say Campbell with Holmes playing um, just off him. However, um, I've been swung by what we've been saying so far. And I'm going to say that I would like to see the inclusion of Phillips from half time. I guess you do have the option, of course, if you start with Phillips up front, you can drop Holmes back into the midfield. Perhaps there's no need to play high then. Um, But you're going to have to have, I I would imagine, you're going to have to have high for one half and Phillips for another. That means we've got enough experience on the park, I would imagine. Uh, and it's not asking too much of either player. It's not all thrown um, on their shoulders. So that would be um, my 11. So obviously Schofield and Net, back three of uh, Saar, uh, Keo, Vallejo, Peeper out wide, so is uh, Rowe, O'Brien, Bakuda in the middle. Um, we're going to go high in the centre if Jonathan Hogg isn't fit and then Holmes and Campbell up front. No, I think that's a, I think that's a great choice, mate. Um, to be honest, with my selection, I have been debating over the uh, the keeper and I have taken Schofield out, I think. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's really harsh. Um, I, I was debating this, obviously it was immediately after Derby, but pre- what I spoke to those Derby fans in great detail and they said to me, we are great at set pieces, we're great at corners and we put pressure on the goalkeeper. And Schofield, for me, I completely agree with you, Cam. I think he's... I, I think he, when he came in, he did great. He was a great sh- shot stopper. And particularly that Watford game, where he's making save after save, I was like, oh, God, we've got a great, you know, a, a great keeper on our hands here. I do think this is one of them games where we're probably not expected to get much, given because of the history and given because of the record. And I wonder, with Schofield, I know he's got a learner. I know youngsters going to make mistakes, but Johnny said it quite right. We're getting drawn into a relegation battle here. And I, I'd hate for him... He's made a few mistakes. I said this the other day on the pod in Swansea uh, with that free kick. We all know Conor Hurahan's going to shoot and I think he could do better there, to be honest. And I, I thought we were going to lose that game given that, you know, given typical town how we throw games away and you could probably argue he was at fault. So I've put Luttweiler in. Um, reason being, he, he is a bit of an experienced guy. I know he was playing in League One um, for Fleetwood, but um, he has got... He's played 18 games this season, he's experienced, and from what I've heard, chat to Blackburn fans and Fleetwood fans, he seems quite solid. And I I do think, again, if we're not expected too much, maybe let Schofield have a rest and come back. Schofield is still the number one for me, but maybe switch it. So I, I've left Schofield out, but I've gone three five two as well. I've put Vallejo in because I agree with you, I agree with you, lads. I think particularly in that Swansea game, he was he was great in, in centre back position. Uh, I've put Stearman in instead of Keo. Uh Stearman's come back fit. I think Keo. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah, I think the reason the reason I have I was debating whether him or Sar to leave out because I think well we all know what Naby Sar has been like this season, but I have to say I think he's been all right the last couple of games, Naby. Like you know, um, compared to him giving it away to people. Um, so I'd, I'd drop Keo. I think Keo and Stearman are quite similar players as well. Um, so I'd give Stearman a go. Um, and then for my five, I've got Pippa, I've got O'Brien, I've got Hog because I think we miss him. And again, that's we've not heard he's been ruled out this game yet. So I'm going with that. Uh, I've got Ron on the left because, again, options, but I think he's played well. Gone for Pritchard. Um, I was really not oh. impressed with Bakuna. Um, and I still, he is yet. Bakuna is so frustrating because I've said this a million times. We all, I, I'm sure you agree, Cam, but we all know what the, the talent the lad has. You know, on his day, he's amazing. And I think if he was consistent and, you know, was amazing every game, you know, he would probably be a £15 million player. But that Derby game, was typical Bakuna on a bad day. And I think I'm still convinced the best we've seen of him consistently was when Cowley had him coming off the bench. So I'll put Pritchard in. I'm not expecting Pritchard to do much, but what I will say is Pritchard is quite good at kind of weaving forward, but then when he gets forward, he's not so... And again, I think we just need to throw up a couple of surprises. 
I'm assuming Campbell's not fit just because I don't think Town have been lucky with injuries. So I have put Phillips in because um, I think Sonogo probably will be on the bench maybe because I saw his interview today and he's like, I can play. Uh, so I don't think we've got a choice. And I've got Holmes because I think you, you touched on it, Cam, as well. Holmes, uh, that 3-5-2 that against Swansea, I think worked really well. And I think Holmes was kind of great as that pressing of a, of a kind of striker. And I do think with this, it's a bit of a, it's a couple of changes. And I realise that doesn't always help, but I do think we need to do something. And also you got, you know, I'm putting Bakuna on the bench. We might have Snogo, we might have Campbell. We've got Mbenza, who I don't think is quite fit to start just yet. We have got options if it doesn't work. And I know Colbrand doesn't make loads of subs, but we do have five subs and we could change it up if it's not working. So I think we just need a bit of freshness. So uh, that's why I've gone for quite a few changes. Wow. Wow, that's surprising. I mean, I know you, you've both said you watched the Derby game and it was absolutely dreadful, but to make... I mean, Pritchard coming in. I I can't say I've seen that's anything from Pritchard that suggests he should be anywhere near the squad, never mind the starting eleven. Wow. I still have sleepless nights when I think about just how much money was spent on him. Um, to, to you know, it's, this is how yeah, much you're still giving him week by week. Game honestly, by. honestly, I mean, there's that and how much money's been going out to injured players at the moment. Those are the two worry, worrisome things. But um, but with Pritchard, I think it's interesting what you say about Bakuna because yeah, we we all, like you say we all know what Bakuna has been like this season, and it takes a real man manager um, to get the best out of him. I sort of hope that that would be what Carlos brought, given that he's worked with a lot of young players at Leeds and and and, and that he is he is an experienced coach. Him. he's been coaching 14 years he might only be a, um, a young man and so you hope that he might have had an ounce to tap into that like the Cowleys did and um, Jory's still out on that one for me I, I think a lot of what Janina Bakuna does is just up to Janina Bakuna to be quite mm, honest and that's something that I've thought more and more throughout the season but what I will say for Bakuna is that he flips between a 9 out of 10 and a 3 um, with Pritchard you're getting a consistent 6 and so again it's, it's a gamble isn't it you know he's on for he's hot for one game and he's cold for two more Um so I don't know. I, I think Bakuna, I'm still, I'm still a fan of him at the moment. I still want him in and around that team. Very, very frustrating to watch, but you need those players that can turn the games in the head. And that's why I'm mm. pleased to see that we've been linked with Ravel Morrison. Okay, I'm pleased that you know that, that name's been thrown about. Um, we've not seen anything official on that yet, of course. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised that when we do, or if we do, we might see um, a double-ended tweet saying he's signed, and then it's been injured in a murder ball session. The way that looks going at the moment, so who knows? Um, but that's the sort of player we need with a bit of flair. Hard to tame sometimes and hard to manage, but Bakuna does bring that. And so for me, um, I would want him near that side. But it's interesting that we've gone for different goalkeepers. It's such a difficult one to um, it's such a difficult one to, to to assess at this point in the season, really. Do you bring in Lloyd Viola now, who, of course, is accustomed, yeah, like you said, to League One um, and then hardly played at Blackburn before he was at Fleetwood. And so, mm. um, and then, you know, you don't know how how linked in with the system of the team he is. And and, and so mm. really that in completely afresh and does that completely kill Schofield's, um, Schofield's momentum and any confidence he might have, any chance he's got from bouncing back from this. Um, that's why I stuck with him in the end. I thought maybe it's just, we're not, you're not getting the value for your bet in putting, in putting Lloyd Byler in perhaps. Um, but, you know, time will tell. And what I really don't want him to see is to continue this poor run of form and then you're forced to take him out in a few weeks' time when his confidence is at an unsalvageable low. I think that's... I just wonder what... Sorry, James. Sorry, go on. No, go on, Brady. Go on, mate. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I agree with you. I think Schofield's for number one. How I'd position that is, look, you're the number one. I think you just, let's have this game off. Let's get you back in for Birmingham, you know, because that's a, that's a must-win game for Huddersfield and it's up to him then. But I, I do think he's got weaknesses and like Preston are a rough side and they're going to target him. And to be honest, I, 
I think you're right, Cam. I think if it carries on, um, he might have to be taken out because he's in poor form. Whereas I think this might give him a chance to be like, all right, okay, and then come back in. Anyway, I, I view it. I view it a bit differently because I think if you take him out and you bring Luke Viler in, and you're saying there, Brady, you know, well, we'll get you back in for the Birmingham game. Firstly, what if Luke Viler has an absolute worldie? You can't then bring him back in for the Birmingham game in Schofield because you can't just drop Luke Viler. You can't just do that. Um, and what impact would that have on him if you did do that? And also, on the flip side of it, you bring Luke Viler and he has an absolute mare and you lose the game against Preston and then you've already bombed off your number one young lad who's now thinking, well, that's it, I've had my go and I'm now stuck on the bench. Oh, this guy's even worse than you, pal, so back in you come. You know, what impact does that have on on Ryan Schofield? I, I think with Schofield, yes, he's absolutely made some errors. I don't think he's necessarily the main contributing factor as to why you're in this relegation battle. Could he become it if he keeps making errors? Errors? Absolutely. Anyone could, though, couldn't they? You know, Luke Viler comes in and makes some absolute howlers and, and he could become it. I think you've got to keep going with Schofield. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And then you hope you get enough points, you, you get yourself safe, you think, right, OK, well, we don't think he's good enough to take us to that next level, for example, and you move on and you try and get somebody else. But I, I just think you've got to keep going with him until he's having absolute howlers. And I don't think he is... At times, having absolute howlers. Yes, he's making a few mistakes, but young goalkeepers are always highlighted. Um, in particular, goalkeepers are always highlighted, but particular young ones when they make mistakes, they're going to make them. But you've got to just hope that they make less uh, and less and less as they go along. But the only way that's going to happen is if you keep playing them. Interesting. I, uh, I I'm glad we're going on about this lad so much because uh, I realised looking at my lineup, we've avoided Pritchard a little bit. But yeah, I, again, I think these changes aren't. Well, I, I think this is the most I've ever been questioned about my lineup. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, to be honest, Huddersfield, we don't have a lot of options. I, you know, so I, I still think Schofield, I completely agree with you. He's, he's a young lad. I think he is the number one. He's, he's good. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going for the change. It's my, it's my team. You know, I'll live and die by my decisions. He probably won't start anyway. Let's be honest, Schofield will be in anyway. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, we will see. But anyway, uh, we could probably talk about Luke Wilder or Schofield all evening, um, but we will end off, end this podcast with um, what we're all expecting from the game and our score predictions. I'll jump in first very quickly. This is going to be a really tough game. Um, I think what really worries me about town is we are in this relegation battle and um, I'd be interested to see if you lads agree with this, but... I look at teams who aren't haven't got as much quality as us, like Wickham and Rotherham and all those, and they have they have fight. At least they have fight about them. Whereas I can't really say with the current. Yes, we've got injuries. There doesn't seem to be a lot of fight. I think we're a bit of a soft touch at the moment. And Preston are rough. We saw what happened last season. Of yeah, last season where um, Elphick got that nasty injury. And Pre- Preston will be in our faces and rough. And particularly if Hogg doesn't play, you know, if he fails a fitness test, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Um, I think it depends on who scores first. I think if we score first, I could see this being a draw because Preston are terrible at home. But um, yeah, if Preston if Preston score first, uh, I think it's going to be um, I think it's probably going to be a two 0 So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one one and be positive. But I think this is going to be a real tough game for town. Um, Cam, what about yourself? Well, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I'm going to say that we lose two one. Um, I think it's going to be difficult. I don't think that the the, the magnitude of this uh, this game and the difficulty of the task is lost uh, on anybody inside or outside of the camp. Um, we've not won in 16 visits of Deepdale. I think on Monday we'll be able to say we haven't won in 17. Um, again, and it's interesting what you say there, Brady. I agree with um, the fact that you look at teams who on paper are weaker than us, um, but seem to be able to pull it together as a unit. Uh, at the moment, Town, okay, they're, they're a unit. And I, and I don't think that, you know, I don't, 
seem to see any discord, etc., or players falling out. I think that everyone wants Huddersfield Town Football Club to do well. Um, I just don't know if the system is, is right at the moment. I don't know if the atmosphere is right. I just don't know quite what is going wrong. Um, but tactically, we've been off the boil. Individual errors have been costing us. And so, yeah, exactly. We're the team that you want to play and you're the team that we want to play now. This is a perfect time to play Huddersfield Town, um, you know, when they're away from home. And so for that reason, I, I can only see it going one way. I'm going to be positive. And me, my version of being positive for this one is to say we get a goal. Um, I think we might lose 2-1, to be quite honest, though. I think we might even take the lead, which is always a safe bet, isn't it, really? Time to take the lead uh, and then to go on and, uh, and lose the game. And OK, Preston have only won four at home this season. but We've only won two on the road. Uh, I think that's going to remain two, if I'm honest. God, this positivity... Johnny, come on. I'm end on a high for you. I was flip-flopping 2-1 either way because I think it will be tight. Um, I think it will be fairly, fairly um, competitive and combative, I think, which is why I've been talking about the centre of the park for the majority of the night. Um, You know, they're not scoring at home, but Town do score away from home, don't they? You know, okay, you're not getting results away from home, but you have been finding the back of the net away from home. Not many times, but still. And I'm going for the Phillips late winner in this one. I'm going to go 2-1 town with a late Phillips winner. And it is the start of a fantastic career for Phillips. Um, and hopefully the start of a bit of a, uh, a couple of results for Huddersfield Town that really do make you guys have a little bit more of a relaxed end to the season than it's looking set like it might be at the moment. But I do think it'll be tight. I do think it'll be a tight one, yeah. Well, we'll see, but that has made me feel a lot more positive. Here's hoping. That was a lovely story you wove there. I can just see it happening on Saturday. Uh, but we will find out anyway. Um, but yeah, thanks to thanks to my guests for coming on. Uh, cheers for coming on, Lance. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening as always. And uh, we will see. We'll be back with a Birmingham preview. Big game that we will we'll see anyway. But yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, what a night. Late in May. 2017 Schindler scored It was a happy dream What a feeling What a night Oh what a night Wagner singing We are Premier League The greatest sight St George's squared it seems what an evening, what a night Oh, I, I got a funny feeling when he walks And a fence and then The commentator yelled he takes that chance Lost so safe and mesmerizing me Low, low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stanford Bridge, oh what a night Oh I, I got a funny feeling when he Yelled, he takes our chance Oh, what a night Oh, what a night Oh, what a night 
Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.